It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Wizard Show here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Station. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, a beat reporter for Wizards Extra. We're in the offseason, so it's time to dissect everything the Wizards did wrong this year that forced them out of the first round. Uh, today we'll be talking about the general sense of anger that we're hearing from Wizards fans as, you know, they're they're sitting on their hands waiting for the draft and free agency and, you know, some offseason t- improvements to take place, hopefully. Uh, we'll be talking about the anger that comes from the behind-closed-doors Ernie Grunfeld extension a little bit more. I know we've touched on it with uh, Troy Halliburton from Truth About It. And then we'll be talking about this crazy aversion that Ernie Grunfeld has to drafting young players, you know, just making moves through the draft and how he's gotten rid of so many picks, uh, just one pick since 2015. And finally, we'll be talking about how the front court can improve, obviously, in the playoffs. Not the best showing for Markeith Morris and Marcin Gortat throughout the course of the season. They were, you know, there were times where they were pretty rough, um, not the most athletic big men that you would want to have, but they also showed flashes. So we'll talk about the different options for improving the Wizards' starting front court, especially those power forward and center positions. Here to help break everything down with me is my guest for the night. First time ever having someone on Hoop District on the show, and this guy is the co founder, Joe Glorioso. He has been with Hoop District, what, a dozen years now, ever since the beginning, and it's, it's a pleasure to have you. How you doing? I appreciate it, Noah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I know Neil will probably give me a lot of crap for not being the first Hoop District person on, considering he's the one that does the, the boatload of the work there uh, <laughs> at the Capital One Arena, but um, I do appreciate you having us on. I do appreciate you giving Hoop District the time, and yes, it's uh, not quite 12 years, 10 years now. Um, I think okay. I'm the last of the original... The original deans of the, the the original blogs covering the Wizards who are still here. I think uh, you got Kyle up in New York. Mike went mm-hmm. up to New York, and I just I refuse to move up to New York. So I think I'm going to stay here for the meantime. I'm about to be moving up to New York in August, so I'm, I'm joining in there. <laughs> you guys can start your own uh, new, former Wizards now New Yorker blog. Sure, we'll be all hipster and cover the Nets or something. <laughs> Find a new team to complain about. We're sick of the Wizards. At least, they, at least those guys are up there now. They've scouted bars. They know where you guys can go to watch these <laughs> Wizards games now. So you'll be for in good sure. hands. So you just wrote an awesome piece. Um, I especially love the title for it. One of these GMs is not like the others. Obviously, a homage to Sesame Street uh, and Ernie Grumfeld. So 
a lot of a lot of nuggets in there that were really fun. At the end, you ended with you know just all of the awful transactions that the Wizards have made ever since what like 2010 or something like that. And you even have the picture of um, Jan Vesely kissing his girlfriend on draft night. So it's it's an awesome piece if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, it's over at thesportsdaily.com. If you were to like step back and, and summarize, you know, this came out before Ernie's com- uh, contract extension was announced by Candace Buckner. Is that right? So before uh, you even like, knew he was sticking around, or was it like the day of? I'm pretty sure it was uh, 12 hours before. I'm not sure. Uh, God bless Candace because I know you know the beat writers. They they work their asses off to get those uh, inside scoops and stuff. But I I don't know if she intended to put it out on a Tuesday. But uh, I, I think the the anger in the crowd, the anger from the fans, might have pushed that timing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was twelve hours beforehand. Uh, to be honest with you, I, look, it's it's nothing. You should have seen the first draft, Noah. The okay. first draft, <laughs> the first draft was uh, was written a little bit more ang- with a, a little bit more anger than the the second one. I kind of calmed down a little bit. And, you know what? It, and at the end of the day, this isn't about Ernie being incompetent. He's not incompetent. Uh, he he's he's a good NBA executive. If God, man, I, I hesitate to say the <laughs> I'm word. Trying to give him some credit. Um, good I, if you want to win forty percent of your win games. Well, I mean, of late, right? He's he's above five hundred the last four years. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was looking at the records today of uh, Stan Van Gutty versus uh, versus Ernie, and they're both basketball operations. Whatever presidents of basketball operations, whatever you want to call it, but basically. They, they, they're the cooks, and they're also the guys who shop for the ingredients, right? And, uh, you know, Van Gundy had a 460-something winning percentage over the last four years. Ernie's got an above 500. I guess if what you strive for is playoffs and not having a losing season, then, then okay, I guess par for the course, right? You're going to go out there and just and, and shoot for par. But that's, that's – I don't know why anybody would want to settle for that. Right. You know, th- this is th- this whole argument that, you know, oh, well, in the in the 80s and the 90s and, and the 2000s, the Wizards were terrible. But now look at them. That whole thing, like, it's such a loser's mentality. Um, I don't care what happened with Bernard King in the 90s. I don't care what happened with, uh, you know, post Chris Webber and Jawan Howard. I, I don't care what happened in the Leonard Hamilton years. I don't care what happened when Gar Hurd was here. I don't care what happened when the when Gungate was going on. I care about now. Right. And if I care about now, then I, I'd like to see some change. And if it's not going to be changed, then come out and be, be up front with everybody. Let everybody know what your expectations are. He was so bold to put out his 10-point plan, you know, six years ago. Whenever that, that article came out, that, it, that Ted came out and said, here's how you win. Here's how you build a, a long-lasting, you know, winning franchise. And I went back and looked back through these 10 bullet points. And it's just like, Jesus, it, it's you're not even paying attention to the own things, the things that you wrote years ago. So, I mean, it's, it's, it just blows my mind that someone in the organization didn't sit back and say, maybe if we sign this guy to a secret contract extension, it's not going to go over so well because everywhere I look, everywhere I read, that really seems to be the number one. uh, I'm trying to find the word for this. The number one anger point for, for wizards fans It's just like, look, they were already upset that you're bringing them back. But the fact that you didn't give anybody, you know, the benefit of the doubt or, or, or tell them what exactly drove you to that conclusion to give him a contract. If it happened last fall, then say it happened last fall. We wanted to see him work through this and X, Y, Z. But 
to come out and just hide behind it's our policy not to talk about uh, contracts for the front office. It's just they still uh, haven't uh, even confirmed, right? They, it ha- I, I I don't think I don't it's been confirmed. Yeah. I, I I don't think so. It's just I don't know, man. I I'm I understand you don't want to you know you don't want to blast your executives in public. You don't want right. to put them on the spot, but. You know, I, I, I don't know. It, the fact that we've seen more of Bruce Allen than we have of Ernie Grunfeld should tell you everything that you need to, to know about this situation. You know, I mean, gloating or not, and obviously Bruce has got his own things to deal with now with uh, cheerleader gate with the Redskins, mm. but uh, you are what your resume is, and, and that that's just across the industry. I, I don't... Can you go to work and not perform on forty-four, or, or, or I'm sorry, 56% of your work? Because I know, I know that I'd get fired. I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't be in a job. And, and I go around and I, I've said this actually for a couple of years now. I think back when they, was it after Brad Beal that they had, the bad Brad Beal draft that they had a, a bad year? I think it was like 2013. Because they got Otto Porter that year, I think. Yeah. One of those years where they were down, I ended up uh, doing an Excel spreadsheet, uh, being able to grade A through F all of Ernie's transactions. And I put it up on our website. To be honest with you, I don't know where the page resides. I'm sure it's in the internet out there. We called it the Grunfeld Grader. And I got so many responses back from everybody about, you know, they went through and they're like, the highest grade that I got was a D. The highest grade that I got was a C plus. And it was just, when you go tit for tat and you go all the way back to 2004, all those Gilbert Arenas... Karan, the, the the fleecing of Kwame Brown for uh, for Karan Brown, Butler yeah. and Chuck Yakins, you know, all of those things are just you can't you can't bring that into 2018 and say, well, this happened way back when, and so benefit of the doubt means <laughs> you could probably sense all the frustration in me right now, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like talking this out. I feel like these are the things that our fans have said. They're definitely what the fans of of Hoop District have said. I know. Our fans have gone a little bit overboard. Uh, some of them have been a little bit uh, on the nastier side. And again, I want to stick, I step, step back from this personally because, to be honest with you, I, I, Ernie really has been nice to us uh, in the past, the three or four times that he's talked to us over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know Tommy Shepard. I, I know Tommy Shepard is very well respected around the league. I, again, I don't think they're incompetent. I just don't think that they're championship front office. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So of, of all the things that kind of irks you about Grunfeld, I understand that there's kind of like this laissez-faire policy for management. Like as long as we're, we don't need to win a championship, we just need to be competitive or improve or win enough games or have a good enough excuse to justify ticket prices. It kind of seems like the Wizards are in the worst place in basketball where they're just stuck in purgatory of, you know, not tanking, but also not being good enough to actually really compete when it matters. Would you say, like, the, the biggest qualm you have is the fact that he's always trading away the future for a quick fix? Or what do you think is, is your biggest beef with Ernie and the way he's run the team the past 15 years or so? I think I think every stage of his make a mess, clean it up, make a mess, clean it up, make a mess, clean it up. And I think I think we're on the third or fourth rendition of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you don't, <laughs> I don't reward my kids when they make a mess and then... <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> tell them that they got to clean it up. I don't, I don't say, oh, now I'm going to give you a donut or, you know, now you get a cookie for cleaning up. No, you made the mess. You got to fix it. And I just, you are your track record. Um, I think previously, I think it was the free agent misses that I had a problem with. More of recent, it's the draft picks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially coming from, again, going back to the 10-point plan, Ted told us how important it is to draft your players, develop your players, and sign your players, and re-sign your players. Now, obviously, because of the free agent swings and misses, so it's kind of like a mix of the old stuff with the new stuff, because it's the draft picks, and the fact that your plan D, let's say, because plan A was Kevin Durant, which never had a chance. And I got to tell you, no, we had... We have some friends over at the Goodman League, um, and this is back when Kevin Durant used to play in the Goodman League, um, and they would all tell us, and, and I, I really thought, you know, at the time, I was just like, okay, these guys are just talking out there, you know what, mm-hmm. and all of them would tell us to a T, there's no chance he's coming here. There's no chance, and we would just be like, come on, man, why? Yeah, who doesn't want to play at home? He would fill the stadium, and all they would say is he doesn't want that pressure of coming back home and having to take ticket requests and having to justify this and that, he'll find another way to give back to his community. And lo and behold, they never had a chance. And right. my problem with our didn't even get the late, meeting. Right, exactly. But what was Plan B? Al Horford, who almost signed with us, right? Right. But almost doesn't win you anything. Almost has almost has the Celtics going. What are they up three one now? They yep. lost today. You know, do you really think they're going to lose that series, or are they going to be in the Eastern Conference Championship next back year? Back to back years, and, no doubt. And how much of that is is Al Horford's doing um, as as being their centerpiece, no pun intended, but the guy is exactly what this league has kind of moved off to, which is not Martin Gortat. And I say that with all due respect to Martin because I think he gets a really bad deal from some of the fans. For sure. Um, I think some of it is kind of deserved in that, you know, he's got these stretches where he just goes completely cold, but... The league that he wants it to be, I don't see it coming back anytime soon. I really don't. I think him, even Embiid, you look at him, what is he, seven foot two? And the guy can pop threes. You just, if you can't expand the floor, then that means that you're sucking everybody in. If you're sucking everybody in, that you're taking away John Wall's ability to drive and kick. I'm watching Trevor Ariza hit corner threes right now, and it's just like you want to, you just want to punch yourself in the face and be like, oh, we had that. You know, I'm watching. I'm watching Wizards play all over every one of these playoff rounds, and you're just like, "Oh, we had him. Oh, we had him." And it's just like, I, I, I don't know, man. You're just kind of hitting Groundhog Day for never going to win a championship. Groundhog Day, never going to win a championship. Groundhog Day, and yet you still want to sell these fans on we're trying our best to win a championship. I just, I, I, I don't buy it. I'm looking at these rosters. I'm even looking at the Bucks roster, and I'm just like, we don't have a Giannis. We don't have, we, we just, we don't have a great freak. We got Wall, but John is not six foot ten who can just plow on people. Yeah. Uh, but it'd be nice to see him with somebody that could. And the fact that they just haven't been able to kind of surround him with the talent that I think would benefit a player of his skill set after eight years. It just sounds to me like you got the wrong guy picking the groceries. It's really yeah. what it boils down and, to. And John has said throughout his career, you know, until this year, it was justified. Like, you know, I, I pour my heart and soul into this team. I'm committed to the team. And what have they done 
for me, you know, I've never played with an all-star until Beal probably wouldn't have even been an all-star if Wall was playing with him and eating up some of his numbers the whole season, I would guess. So, you know, there's not much talent. Uh, Jan Mahimni has undeniably the worst contract on the Wizards. You know, it's it's very frustrating. And, uh, you know, I agree with you. Gortat deserves a lot of credit. There are games he disappears offensively. He gets a lot of screen assists and does those little things like boxing out and those tip-out offensive rebounds, but there are games he totally leaves the game from a rebounding perspective, too, which, you know, can't happen when you're the tallest, strongest guy on the team. He's never been a rim protector since, you know, he's never had that vertical leap, but... The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to get to now um, some of the possibly unjust criticism that I'd it was last week on Wednesday night or Thursday, I had a podcast with Dan Meltzer, and the last segment was fairly critical of John, um, kind of saying, you know, the the team's record wasn't at all his fault, he wasn't playing, in fact, the team was better better with him than without him. Uh, they were 23-18 and 18 with Wall, 20-21 and 21 without him, so not terrible. But obviously when it came to playoff time, the one guy who showed up every game and had lights out nights was John Wall, so... Just responding to a tweet, a f- stream of tweets uh, in response to that podcast from Yah Blackstar at Yah Wan the Moon W O N Y A W N the Moon. It's a funny name, but that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he called me out because uh, first of all, I had the stats wrong in terms of uh, the Wizards being better without Wall. They were indeed better with him in the lineup and. You know, he's got to get all the credit because everyone on the Wizards team, besides Bradley Beal, were inconsistent. And Beal actually ended up being, you know, when it came to crunch time in fourth quarters, he, I don't remember the exact numbers, but he was like one of ten or like some some horrible shooting numbers. A lot of that comes down to play design um, in terms of Scott Brooks just trusting the players on ISO plays instead of drawing something up a la Brad Stevens. So, you know, I, I would say that Wall was the most consistent when it came to playoffs, and there was some mention of the Wizards possibly dealing the first-round pick, which really pissed off uh, Yawan the Moon, because the Wizards haven't had a pick in forever, and the number 15 pick is indeed the Wizards' best asset. So, uh, you know, he mentioned that, like, you know, this, this should be addressed, that there are some things that John Wall does incredibly well, better than, you know, any point guard in the Eastern Conference, everyone but a handful of guys in the league. Who deserves, like, the grunt of the blame for the Wizards' past season? It's tough to blame John Wall if he was missing half the year. Obviously, he mentioned his leadership has to improve a little bit. He could do a little bit bit better, you know, moving off the ball, possibly developing his jumper a bit more, getting other people some shots and moving the ball, even though he averages a ton of assists. Is there anyone who you think is, like, a weak link who would be a dealable contract that the Wizards should look to move on from um, or find some way to motivate this guy to, to perform better after a lackluster season. A lot of people are calling for Otto Porter's head right now. When you look at the offseason, are there guys that you just think have to go from the Wizards right now? 
So the, the to answer the first part, in my opinion, the, the blame falls on Scott Brooks, John Wall, and Bradley Beal. Those are, those are the three people, A, that I want the ball in their hands, and B, I want them taking the criticism when mm-hmm. everything is said and done. If you're going to be the leader of the team, you're going to step up in good times and you're going to step up in bad times. I heard one of these games that everybody dipped out of the locker room. Did that? Is that a real thing? Regardless, so my point here is that John John is the face of the franchise. Let's let's not let's not get this twisted. And I right. think Bradley is kind of. I don't want to compare him to Batman and Robin because no. Beal Beal is much more valuable than just the the kid who wears the belt um, and you know kind of doesn't have Batman's powers. Uh, Bradley Beal can change games. Uh, instantaneously at the same time when he's not going game two of the Raptors series he has nine points that's killer I mean you just you you can't you can't have that game the same way that you can't have John go you know eight points and and four assists in a game you just those two have to be on point when you don't have that third xyz you know insert whoever you want to insert in there um, who is the weak link on the on the, look man this this front court it just doesn't vibe it doesn't go with what some of these other pieces are. Uh, the free agent acquisitions—they were swings and misses, with the exception of Mike Scott. Absolutely. And you're now, and now you're not going to be able to bring back Mike Scott because it's going to cost you more than anything that you have. Can you fix the roster? Sure, I'm sure that there are some sort of trades out there that you can make in order to um, fix the inadequacies that that are on this roster. But what is it going to cost you to do that? And and again, here we go back to make a mess and clean it up right so i've i've read in multiple places that there's the stretch clause where you can stretch out Jan mahimi instead of 16 million you can stretch out six here six there and I, jesus man that sounds terrible it sounds like you're covering brussels sprouts and you know with with some nice like fried chicken all around it and just kind of like here stuff this down your throat it's going to taste delicious you don't like brussels like, sprouts eat. Man, you know, actually, I did have Brussels sprouts once that were really, really good. Here's a plug for Ozzy's and Great American Restaurants. They do an amazing Brussels sprouts. It was the only time in my life I've ever liked them. But for outside of that, no, I do not. I do not. And I think that the Wizards kind of are Brussels sprouts right now <laughs> when it comes to their roster composition. It's just, I, 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 yes, they can fix it. You can fix anything in the NBA, right? Yeah. It's just how mu- how much are you gonna how much are you gonna have to get fleeced in order to do it? You know. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My, my dream scenario has always been, and everybody will, will, I'll probably get crapped on for saying this, but I've always wanted to see John play with DeMarcus. There's just something about the two of them, and I know I'm not alone, and I know that there's people out there who think I'm crazy. Um, but to be honest with you, when, when you have a relationship like that, like the two of them have, uh, which is more of a brotherhood than it is a basketball brotherhood, um, those guys, you don't ever have to worry about those two not giving it on the court. The, when you mm-hmm. put two alpha males like that, and, and I don't mean to take away from Brad, because I think Brad can be an alpha sometimes, but there's a lot of times when he kind of defers, and now he has gotten a lot more aggressive as he's gotten 
older. Yeah. But John, John has been an alpha from the moment that he got here. You know, I, I remember day one when, when they brought him up and it was, it was John, the franchise. Um, he was ready for that role from day one. He, he wanted it. He was out there doing the Dougie. He was, it's just always been alpha John. And I think John has really just been missing a big who, who can stretch the floor who can dominate, who can, and I know I, I'm saying this like they're readily available all over the place, but when you got eight years to get it right, it's just kind of like, you're just, you're just, come on, come on, come on. Let's, let's, let's make this the year that, that we try to do something. And, and I think the wizards are at the point now, Noah, where it's all about high risk and high reward. You know, I, I I'm not going to be mad at them if they swing for the fences and they try to get uh, some sort of a, a Demarcus deal. But that I turned out so I poorly. Want... That turned out so poorly the year of Durant. You know, like of course everyone wants Kawhi Leonard. Everyone wants Paul George. Wallace even said last season he wanted Paul George. And Demarcus, you don't know what kind of player he's going to be. He's an unrestricted free agent, so it's tricky. But I just, if the Wizards do indeed swing for the fences like fans want. You've got to have not just the plan B, but also, you know, plan C and D so that you don't come up empty handed, right? Well, plan C and D last time got us uh, um, a Nicholson, Yamahimi, and Jason and, Smith. Uh, Jason Smith, who could be making as get... much money. Uh, uh, he makes like $5 million a year, but like when you compare him to Morris, who makes $8 million, it's it was an astronomical summer for deals, but it's the wizard. Yeah, there are so many bad contracts. Uh, you know, so, such a refusal to just draft players. You know, and you know, take a bit of a risk and see what you can get and give your guys I mean, some no, time. No, what's your what's your alternative? What's your alternative? You go, you swing for the fences, and you try to hit a home run and win back a, a very dejected portion of your fan base or do you come back and reload with the same roster that you just went out with in the first round to the toronto raptors right. um, and and everybody hates the front court maybe you I, could I just, I, maybe you could like get together some sort of deal where you sign you know an experienced wing player who can hit threes for some sort of like a veteran's minimum and you trade you you know let's say you hit a slam dunk with your draft pick i don't know who it would be um <laughs> Yeah, have let's you, just say you find a diamond the previous, in the rough. And have then, you seen the previous uh, Ernie picks in the in the post lottery? They're not great. <laughs> they're not, they're yeah. not great. Do you think the like Sacramento Kings, for example, would be up for a deal that packages maybe like Gortat, a second round pick, and Tomas Sadoransky for a guy like Willie Qualley Stein, who has not found his place in the rotation, and it's time for a change for him, and he's an athletic defensive big man, or you know, because it would just open up cap space for a Kings team that's not trying to win now, or do you feel like they'd just be getting the raw end of the deal and say no way? Willie Cauley Stein, can he can he stretch the floor? Because if he can't, then I think you got the same you got your same big problem. Except I, I, he's my, like twenty three uh, instead of thirty three. I mean, okay, so you got a but, younger. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily fixing all a, the issues. A, you can't a have younger. it all. You can't have a guy who. Can you know how many players are there who are rim protectors and three point shooters and able to chase people on the three point line? You know they're unicorns. They're guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Embiid, and not very many players. So everyone wants those types of guys. Everyone wants you know someone like Lou Williams who can drop thirty off the bench or an Aaron Gor- Eric Gordon type. But how many of these players actually exist? Uh, not many. Not many. You're absolutely correct about that. There's not many of them. But uh, when you <laughs> when you stack your team with two of the anti what those players are, mm-hmm. then your your need is a lot more glaring 
than some of these other teams who have like a maybe a, a half of one of those people. Um, we don't have neither one of our two big instill fear from anybody outside of fifteen of feet from the basket, and and I think that that's really kind of that's kind of where you're almost limiting the skill set that John really can thrive on, which is just slicing and dicing, getting to the basket, and then kicking the ball out. And you you had mentioned earlier, you had asked earlier about John, and he talked about the you know taking taking responsibility for where they're at. John, I, I, I'm I'm one of the biggest fans of Wall. I've obviously covered him since he you know first got to the league. I was at at the draft. Um, just all around good kid, great for the community. I think what he's obviously the two biggest things to me are cutting down on the turnovers and the shooting. And those two things, if he can unlock those two things, I think that's when you see NBA jam fire coming out of his hand, Mm -hmm. you know, John, John wall. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think in order to uncap that potential, that third person has to exist in this NBA. And I, I just, to me, I, I, I understand that there's not many of them out there. No, I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, but they're to the point now where you're, you're, you're coming up on, on the prime years of your franchise players contract. Right. 27 and right now. You, you can't, you can't keep dilly dallying with these mediocre starting teams and bench teams. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just can't, it's, it's, it's a waste of somebody's talent. You're just yeah. going to, and then eventually we know what's going to happen. You see it happening now when people don't want to play where they're not, where they're at right now. And right. His handlers will get pissed off, and they'll start dropping messages. And then next thing you know, we would have enjoyed 11, 12, 13 years of the John Wall era here. He'll go down as the greatest point guard to ever play in Washington Wizards, and he'll go win something somewhere else. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's really kind of the big fear uh, for any long-time Bullets and Wizards fans. You know, we want to see we want to see championships, man. Everybody does, but I don't want to just hear about it. I don't want mm-hmm. my owner to tell me we, we want to win championships. Then talk oh, about TV ratings two sentences exactly. later. Exactly. <laughs> oh, by the way, game five that we won. You know, we had great TV ratings. Oh, what were the TV ratings for game six? Right. I didn't hear him talking about that. You know, or the loss. <laughs> it's just. Uh, Anyways, now, I digress. We're, run, I, I think we're running out of time, Joe, but uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show here tonight on uh, uh, Dash Radio's Nothing But Net station. And you can follow Joe at JoeGLO1. Um, and of course, follow Hoop District as well. Quality content, amazing digital media presence, especially with all of your memes and, and short videos and everything that you, you guys are able to put up there. Finally, you should follow and subscribe to Lockdown Wizards on the podcast on Stitch and iTunes, Google Play. Um, all of our tweets are, of course, on Twitter as well. And you can follow us at Locked On Wizards and follow me at Noah underscore Getzel. That's all we've got for tonight. Thanks so much for your analysis of what Ernie does wrong. <laughs> um, you know, what possible improvements the Wizards can make and the sentiments of people wanting a major change or else, you know, with the same crew, things aren't going to make any sort of difference. I appreciate all the insight and one piece of advice, you know, make sure to make your veggies good for your kids. You talk about how Brussels sprouts can be awful, but it's the way that you present them. Like, everyone talks about raw broccoli as a kid. Nobody likes eating broccoli, but you just gotta spice it up a little bit, you know, if, you know, when players are in the right position to succeed, when vegetables are in the right position to truly complement the dish, then they turn out well. So, 
you know, make <laughs> make sure your your kids have a lifelong globe of healthy food. Strong finish. Strong finish. I like it. I'll let my kids know. I'll let, they actually both have better eating habits than I do, so mm. they get their vegetables. <laughs> and that's good here. All right, Joe. Thanks so much. No, Take it easy. Thanks for the time. Appreciate we'll catch it. you next time. Thank you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.